Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Eric. I'm with my co-host, Robert. We're here to discuss the NFC West. Before we do that, uh, we wanted to discuss, yeah, we missed a couple of weeks there. We had life really got in the way there, Robert, didn't it? I uh, I just moved, and I've been so incredibly busy with that. I just couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get together to put, put the podcast out. And I know you've been busy too, but... Free agency in that time has taken the, you know, fantasy and NFL world by storm. Um, before we talk about the NFC West, do you want to just like jump into the real quick and big takeaways from from the last couple of weeks? Yeah, so you know, it was a big, big week this week in uh, free agency. Um, you know, you had Deshaun Watson, you had Russell Wilson, um, you know, you had. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, Phil, the Pittsburgh Boyd. You know, there's been a lot of quarterback moves and a lot of other really big signings, um, especially for the NFC West. You know, Allen Robinson going to the Rams. Like, um, you know, so this is just a taste, right? Like, we're going to be going into this real big time next week. And I'm super excited for that. I think that's going to be a long discussion. But at the same time, like, you know, just glancing over some of the stuff, like, the Allen Robinson signing, I think that's a big, big, big signing for the Rams. I think they really needed somebody opposite Cooper Cup if Odell didn't re-sign. And now that they've traded Robert Woods, like I think those are big things that need to be discussed, right? I think my favorite move though was Russell Wilson. Like that's that's a big, big move for the AFC. Like who comes out of the AFC? That there's legitimately like seven or eight really good football teams in the AFC. Yeah, it seems that all of the QB talent is just condensing in the AFC. Everyone is going from NFC to AFC for the most part. Um, my God, is it brutal to, to get to the Super Bowl from the AFC right I think, right, not only did Russell Wilson uh, come over, but Deshaun Watson, assumingly, is back in the mix. At least Cleveland's going to attempt to play him if he doesn't get uh, suspensions. Um, but with, you know, I wonder, did Tom Brady just miss playing? Uh, or did he look around and say, you know what? I can, like, cakewalk to the NFC Championship game and probably get back to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, who, who other than the Rams and the, the, um, and the Bucks? have a legitimate like quarterback right now. Like the Saints still don't have a quarterback. Like they still don't have one signed. Um I'm hoping that gets filled with Jameis Winston, but they've been but they sat out for so much of free agency trying to chase Sean Watson. So, you know, now they have this like gaping void at quarterback and right receiver still. So who knows what happens there. Um Seattle just rebuild. They traded their star quarterback, so they're rebuilding. The 49ers, I don't think that Trey Lance is the answer to quarterback for them, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but they're probably going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but they're a really good football team, so they could absolutely steal a game from you know the Buccaneers or the Rams. I can absolutely see that happening. The Packers just lost Devontae Adams, which I don't understand why you re-sign Aaron Rodgers but let Devontae Adams go. Like That doesn't make sense to me at all. <laughs> what about you? Uh, what, what do you think happens in the NFC? Is there any other team that that I missed that you know you see making a run? Yeah, the only quarterback you'd, you'd forgot to talk about was was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you did mention right losing Adams. All of a sudden, what's going on with their offense? I mean, they have two good running backs, but they have nothing at wide receiver, and 
very shaky options at tight end as well. So now obviously they've got some good draft capital and they could address that, but I'm not trying to go into a championship team with, you know, three rookie wide receivers. Exactly. I'm not trying exactly. to do that. Like that's yeah, I don't get it whatsoever. Um, but hey, if you were gonna, gonna if you were gonna, gonna re-sign Aaron Rodgers, keep Devontae Adams. And if you're losing Devontae Adams, just let Aaron Rodgers leave. Yeah, like rebuild. That, well, the rumor was that Rodgers knew they were trading Adams before he signed his extension. So to me, right, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, all right, uh requirement number one is that you re-sign Devontae Adams on a long-term deal because not breaking me up with my boo <laughs> yeah so i yeah i don't get that i think i honestly think I it's tampa I, and uh the rams for who's gonna re-represent the nfc most likely in the super bowl yeah i'm not a big fan of dallas i know a lot of people are gonna be like oh well you didn't mention dallas like yeah dallas has been overrated for the last 10 years so that's true so. Dak is good that, that was a little bit of a slight Dak is good he's just not at that level i mean i don't really think stafford is either um, I think they're both, you know, second tier QBs. Obviously, I just you can uh, win a Super Bowl with that, yeah. but yeah, you know, I, I I feel like if I was a star receiver or quarterback, you know, like Deshaun Watson just forced a trade to Cleveland, right? Why would you not go to New Orleans? Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm a New Orleans fan, obviously. So, I, I mean, I guess it's for me, it's a it's a little biased, but it's wide open. It's wide open for ten years because they're not going to have a. You're, it's getting to the point where you know you're 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 getting saturated with young quarterbacks, right? So I don't see, I don't know if we if there's a continued really good like any any really good young quarterbacks are going to come out anytime soon again, um, just because of how you know like the the ebb and flows of the the quarterback parabola um, for the NFL. There's there's always a group of like seven or eight. In, in the league at one time and then it's a big drop off for like 10 years and then you get another group so maybe that's changing though but uh, <laughs> we'll see yeah, we'll see indeed uh, certainly there'll be people taking swings and potentially misses you know if the QB talent doesn't continue to be so fruitful because it has we've had some amazing young QBs come into the league recently Anything else you want to talk about in our real quick, you know, five seconds of fame of the free agency period before we get into our last divisional breakdown? Uh, no, let's uh, jump into the NFC West. All right. Well, uh, let's talk with the returning Super Bowl champions. I got to say, a uh, good friend of mine is a Rams fan, and I have been crapping on their um, team building strategy for years. This whole bleep those picks mentality. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of it, but hey, it worked. They won the Super Bowl. So, congrats to be to fair, them. I don't think they would have won the Super Bowl had Odell Beckham and Von, Von Miller decided to join midseason. Um, so, they kind of got lucky because the Browns are are stupid, and the Broncos decided that they weren't going to make the playoffs. So, uh, I don't know. It's it's not a strategy that I would recommend for any other team. Yeah, it's definitely not a strategy I will recommend. But you'll see, NFL's a copycat league. You will see other teams try and do this. Once a team has success with some type of strategy, others will follow. And I think that other teams are going to fall short and going to regret it. 
All right. That said, let's talk about Matthew Stafford. So Stafford had a fantastic season this year in fantasy. He was QB five. Um, this is all on his arm. He is similar to uh, Tom Brady in terms of fantasy QB. He has basically no rushing value. Uh, he had 41 touchdowns. He had almost 5,000 passing yards. Really, really solid high-end QB this year. Um, the only thing with Stafford is his age. He just turned 35. He's not like how his time is is coming to an end. So my question: How much longer are we going to see QB one numbers from Stafford? So did you? What did you think about that extension then? Um, I think that's what you have to pay. I'm fine with the extension. He's still playing well. He hasn't shown any signs of decline. Um, I think with QBs, you don't know. Like usually, it's a cliff. Usually, they're playing well. They're playing well, and then they're just a shell of themselves. So it's if right. Honestly, I'm pretty. I think the Rams have one of the better like training staff medical departments in the league. Uh, you can see Cooper Cup came back from his ACL extremely quick. Obviously, Cam Akers came back very fast from his Achilles. So, right, if they are evaluating Stafford and saying, hey, he can get four more really high-quality years, I tend to think they're probably correct, at least two or three, I think. So, for fantasy, I actually so love I the extension. It tells me that, you know, he's going to be around for, you know, quite a quite a bit more. Oh yeah, it's a great extension for fantasy. Um, it absolutely, you know, locks him in. He has 135 in guaranteed money on uh, a four-year, 160 million dollar extension. Which I would like to say too, that Patrick Mahomes extension looks better and better and better every single year. It's true. Um, it they locked him in for they locked Mahomes in for ten years, and they are looking like that's going to be an absolute bargain, um, despite what everybody was saying initially when he got signed. It's true. Um, but what I will say about Matthew Stafford is I do think this kind of hurts their ability to to be successful in the long run. Uh, you know, they they just signed Allen Robinson. You know, Cam Akers, he'll probably come up from his rookie deal. He'll, I imagine if he has a really good year this year that he will be a pretty hefty signing at running back that they're going to have to maintain. So they're going to have to look to replace him. They don't have any draft picks to replace him. Um, I think you're going to start seeing though with this team, this is going to be where the the picks start really mattering when they, when they have guys that are going to be running out of their rookie deals and they're, they, you know, they, they need to pay them or they have to, or they going to leave. Um, but with Matthew Stafford, that Allen Robinson signing is a huge, huge signing. I like that a lot. I think it helps him. I think he could replace, uh, do another QB five season next year with the amount of talent around him. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Stafford's a fantastic uh, QB for those that are pushing for a title in fantasy. Uh, basically, if your roster in fantasy is similar to the Rams roster and draft pick uh, horde in the NFL, then you should want Stafford because they're all in. Um, they want to win one hopefully two more super bowls in the next two or three years and if they don't like one super bowl they got is going to be the best because they're going to get blown up like with all the money with all the older players with the lack of draft picks you know by 2025 26 i think they're going to be a pretty bad football team so 
they have a short window and i i think it's hey it worked for them once and they're doubling down right bringing in robinson and hoping they can get another title and i think stafford's the same thing um Stafford's going in startups as QB 11, right? Startups are favoring the rookies a little bit. Um, How are you? Where's your comfort level with QB 11 for Stafford? I would probably take him in the top 10 of quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. Um, I think it really just depends on what you think of, you know, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, all those guys, right? Um, But... I, I mean, I think he's in the top ten of quarterbacks, and I don't. But the thing is, is if you're going to take him, you have to be winning now. Yeah, yeah. It's um, funny that you compare them to those three rookies because QB eight, nine, ten, and twelve. So the three before and the one after Stafford is Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. So all young and unproven QBs as a little bit more time in the league but i still put him in the same category of unproven um if you are doing a startup and it so first of all if you're doing a startup draft do not go into the draft thinking this is what i'm going to do i am going to compete i am going to go you know zero rb i'm going to do the productive struggle let the draft board decide how you go is my first piece of advice but after that right if say the draft board is just saying, hey, I should compete. I should compete because there's value. Everyone's going youth. Stafford, if I could grab Stafford uh, with some other, you know, win now players, oh, I would love that in a startup. That's a great way to go get an early title. Yeah, and I mean, if, and the thing is, too, if you go with those young players, too, then you might as well be, you know, playing for a young team anyway. So, yeah. like, like you said, let the draft board speak to you. If you are in love with those young quarterbacks – well, you should probably be focusing on a young team at that point, and the draft board should be saying that to you. Like, if a lot of people are saying, like, hey, I'm going to get these older players, then, yeah, shoot for those younger quarterbacks. But if you're just getting the younger quarterback on a team with that's filled with older players, like, that's not a good plan. Yeah, you. the biggest thing in Dynasty is you have to pick a direction. You have to decide what you're going to do with your team. If, if in the startup, I think the way to do it is let your league mates decide. Um, if they're valuing, you know, the younger players, the win now players, whatever they're valuing more than should they should be, go the other way. Zig win their zag, basically. So let's move on to the running backs. Uh, I think we've kind of played a lot with Matthew Stafford. Let's let's talk about Cam Akers and those other guys, right? Um, so Cam Akers, he had a pretty good playoff run. He came back a lot earlier than I thought he would. But what do you think? What do you what do you think is going to happen with this backfield? Yeah, so they have a very impressive backfield right cam Akers, sonny michelle daryl henderson um now michelle is a uh, understood free agent right now and henderson has one more year left on his uh rookie deal acres is all about you know the end of his seasons apparently because year one he just lit the dynasty world on fire and was like a first or second round starter pick before tearing his Achilles. And then everyone left him for dead. Oh, you can't come back from Achilles. Well, he came back sooner than anyone could have imagined at the end of the year. And now he didn't look great, um, but like considering that he had come back from Nacy or sorry, the Achilles, I am very impressed. So um, I like Acres. I've always liked Acres. 
was a superstar high school prospect, five star, and just was on a really bad team in college. So he didn't get a lot of love compared to those other great 2020 running backs. Uh, I think Cam Akers, the real question is just how much volume are they going to get? Because if they get the Todd Gurley-like volume, I think he's got top five running back all over him. He's very talented. Um, he can do basically everything you want from a running back. I just I, I look at the Achilles injury, and I'm like, man, I don't know if you could get that volume. Um, just like they ran Gurley into the ground, though. Like, Do you even want – do they – if I'm the Rams, do I not learn from that situation and say, hey, I need to go with a two running back committee or a three running back committee? Like, you have the running backs to do that. Why run one guy into the ground? Um, and we'll see if McVeigh has has developed a, or like changed his mindset there. Um, I, I would, I'm staying away from Akers just because I feel like that they should be using a two, two running back system. And I feel like a lot of people are going to be thinking that he's going to be the superstar running back that people expected. After or before the Achilles injury, yeah, I, I actually don't have any acres shares just because I traded the couple shares I had last off season when the hype was so high. Um, I like acres, I just relative to he's going RB14 over the likes of JK Dobbins, Kenneth Walker, Nick Chubb right now, so that value isn't there for me. I prefer definitely JK and Chubb, um, and depending on draft capital and landing spot maybe even one or two but in terms of running into the ground one that's what i want in fantasy um but my general strategy in the as nfl and especially in fantasy is i i want to run running backs on the ground care about second uh contract running backs unless they're like all-time greats i tend to just run them into the ground and then replace them and over through the draft uh, that's my general strategy. I'm curious what happens with Akers. Yeah, maybe they change up their model where uh, McVeigh has been has been through his short career one of the more bell cow type running back uh, coaching staffs. Yeah, and that's that's my only concern in fantasy. Right, is after they've already ran one guy into the ground, do they show that again? Obviously, if you do get somebody that's like that in fantasy, you should be attack like getting them in drafts right um but i think with the girly situation and how much they paid for that contract i think they're going to learn from that i you know that's just a personal opinion of mine i, I think that they're they're going to move away from that and i think they're going to use cam Akers and daryl henderson as kind of a as a dual running back committee next season well if they do that then daryl henderson's going to have real value so daryl henderson I agree. I agree. was rb13 through the first 12 weeks this last year then he had injuries derailed the the season. Now he's not going to get that level of workload, I don't believe, because Acres is back. But I definitely could see a you know RB twenty two, RB twenty six type season from Henderson just on I don't know seven eight rushes a game and and four or five targets. He's he's very adept in the passing game. Um, and even if that is the case, right where Acres is isn't getting that huge bell cow um, running back share. I still think acres could be, you know, RB 10, RB 12, RB 14 very easily. So still a lot of value there. Um, just the ceiling would be capped with acres. Yeah. So what do you think about the MVP arguably of fantasy last year? Uh, Cooper cup sell now. I agree. Cooper I, agree. Cup was I think Alan Robinson coming in. Yeah, he was amazing. I think with Allen Robinson coming in, that's where that's why you should sell, because I think Allen Robinson is a better receiver than Odell is at this point in his career. Um, and I believe 
that I believe that they will have a let like less target share for both of them than they got this year. I think a lot of that with Cooper cup was because Robert Woods went down. Um, I think Matthew Stafford was a little bit hesitant to throw to Robert Woods. And I think that's going to be different with Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson's a more, more of a fit for what Matthew Stafford does than Robert Woods was. And, and I'll just, I'll just say like, I think this, this was a, a bit of a year. This was a, a bit of an aberration for me in terms of amount of targets. You don't see 191 targets pretty much ever. So, you know, I, I don't think he's going to see that ever again. No, I think that's for sure. Um, I mean, I said sell now. Uh, that is my opinion, but let's give some respect to Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup just had the best fantasy wide receiver season ever. Randy Moss in 2007 had 24. 0.08 points per game. Cup just yeah, had, had 25.8. He had almost two more points than any wide receiver ever in fantasy. Two more points per game. Yeah. Yeah. He had an amazing season. Had an absolutely so, amazing season. So, like all the respect to him. I'm so happy for him. Small town uh, or small you know, school college player uh, came back from a devastating ACL one. He's not going to ever score this many points again Two, he's old. He's way older than you think he turns 29 in June. He's a great player, but he's, I just don't see it very realistic at all that he's going to have anywhere close to this production injury history as well. I something you didn't mention injury history. He, this is the only year that he's actually stayed healthy the full year. So I think Cup is the same thing as Stafford. The only t- reason I would have Cup on my team is if I'm the best or second best team in the league and I have a very clear chance at winning a title. Cooper Cup will give you a great season in 2022, barring any injury. He He's going to be wide receiver one, but he's not going to be the wide receiver one most likely. And right now, startup value, wide receiver four. is going over... Tyreek Hill, Debo, AJ Brown, and everyone else that's not named Jamar, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb. So, yes, I'm selling Cooper Cup. Even if I am a contender, I'd probably want to tear down, grab a, you're telling me I can get AJ Brown plus? Like, yes. Are you kidding? To get younger and still have a great player? Yeah. I agree with everything you said on him. Um, I don't have anything else to say about Cooper Cup. Do you want to touch it on Van Jefferson and Robert Woods, Odell Beckham. What do you, what do you think about? Cause a lot of the, two of those guys are, uh, well, one of them's a free agent. One of them just got traded. Yeah. And then Van Jefferson, what happens with him? Yeah. I want to talk about, they have four other four uh, receivers on my list for their quote unquote team. Because as you mentioned, Odell's a free agent and, and Bobby trees just got traded. But with this being our last uh, divisional breakdown episode, let's cover Robert Woods here. So Robert Woods, is Robert Woods was like it was it almost became a joke that every year he was the buy like he was the buy low for dynasty always because he always got slighted in the offseason everyone acted like he was this very average player and every year the season would come around and he would put up a top 15 wide receiver season so since 2018 these are his finishes Wide receiver, 11, 14, 13. And then this year, he was wide receiver one in nine games. In those nine games, he was wide receiver 12. 
So that is four years in a row, wide receiver 14 or better. He is not going to give you a top five season as long as and his targets have always been right around 130, 130, 139, 129. So if he can, as long as he can get the 125 plus, I think that you can get a top 15 receiver. Question is, can he do it in Tennessee? I don't know. That's my question. That's my question. I do not want Robert Woods anymore. I was a huge, always on the buy low train for Robert Woods. I am now on the sell for whatever train. I, I don't believe that you, he's going to replicate that in uh, Tennessee because Tennessee has not shown any ability to make anybody other than A.J. Brown a decent fantasy asset. And you could say that that was, well, well, they haven't had anybody else that's good. Okay, well, I mean, they had Julio, and yeah, Julio wasn't great with them by any means. But at the same time, isn't that an issue as well? Like, they made, like, maybe Julio is, maybe Julio is absolutely washed at this point. Or maybe he's not. Maybe it's just uh, Tennessee. You never know. Um, and that's why I'm staying away. I don't believe that Tennessee is capable of producing a a second decent asset at fantasy or for fantasy wide receivers. So I'm staying away. Yeah, I. So there's a couple of factors. Well, one, Julio is hurt so much this year that I can't really rely on Julio as, as being an example for a good second receiver not being productive. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to use him as a good example, I guess. Um, I was just kind of throwing the name out there cause it's a big name, but I mean, he's the best they've had is, is true, yeah. but he's just been so hampered one he's old, but he's been injured this year so much. Um, so my issue with Robert Woods now is he's coming off an ACL and he's turning 30 next month in April. So already, even without the ACL, I would be starting to say, this is time to sell. Because, you know, a 30-year-old, well, honestly, it kind of sounds silly, but a lot of people don't actually know when people are born. They just look at their app and say, oh, it says he's 27. It says he's 24. Well, right, uh, if I can sell a, a wide receiver that's 29 years and 11 months old and sell them at the idea that he's 29 years old, that's actually some, like, relative value to me. Um, P is the moment that switches to 30 on the app. Everyone's, you know, running away as fast as possible. Oh, it's 30-year-old 30 30 year receiver, run. Add in the ACL, and they're on a low pass volume offense. I am definitely concerned about Robert Woods. Now, you take this with a grain of salt. As of April, or sorry, March 20th, Robert Woods is wide receiver 61 in startup uh, AP. Now, I don't think the trade has truly factored into that. So like, let's see where that ADP moves as time goes on with everyone realizing the trade. Um, but I do think there's probably value because I think Robert Woods is definitely going to be a wide receiver three this year. I just don't think you're going to get that high end, high end wide receiver two numbers anymore, just because target. I, I, I don't know. It's hard. I have it's a hard. feeling. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I just have a feeling that somebody in your league is probably looking at White Robert Woods, and they're going to say like, "Oh, like he's always done this, you know, wider. He's always been above wide receiver twenty since he's been in LA, especially." I wonder, and I wonder if you can get that value for him still, um, or even close to it, because if you can get close to that value, I think you'll win that trade. So I guess this is the question: What would you? What would I have to give? 
for if you're in a, a t- contender? What do I have to give you uh, to get Robert Woods in a super flex tight end premium? I would want a probably want a high second at minimum, and I would probably be striving to get a low first because I don't want to trade Robert Woods for. I don't want to trade Robert Woods if I'm a contender because it, the best case scenario for Robert Woods is that he continues to perform at the level that he was at. Um, so I, I would keep him in that scenario. Now, if I'm not a contender, that's when you want to sell Robert Woods because you you know you have no chance of getting a championship. You know, and and with Robert Woods, that's really the only thing you're looking for at this point. You want to get that young player, and I would probably take a a, a second just period if I was if I was a Robert Woods tr- uh, person uh, that's not a contender. Yeah, if you're not a contender though, uh, and you still have Robert Woods, you're not doing dynasty correct um, because. True. Um, one, he was a 29 year old receiver last year. So you probably weren't a contender last year if you aren't right now, but say, even if you were, even if you're, you were a contender last year, but now you're not, once he tore his ACL, you should have traded him immediately because he provided you no value as a contender and his value actually before getting traded was higher because right if i was having this conversation and they brought back robert woods instead of alan robinson we wouldn't be saying well he's in a low volume passing offense we wouldn't be talking about julio jones we'd be saying well robert woods was even with cooper cup last year around and matthew stafford he was wide receiver 12 through nine weeks so he would have effectively the same value so i think the only time you're really trading uh away robert woods if you are doing dynasty correct is if you're a contender. So if you would need a first, I mean, I honestly think you're at least market like lukewarm, if not above the, uh, the market price for woods, I certainly wouldn't give up a first for him. Even if I knew it was going to be very late. Um, and just with the age, the injury and the, um, the landing spot in Tennessee, I couldn't, I, I'm probably more thinking like, I would probably send, you know, to start off, send like a late second and then maybe go up to like mid. I, I don't even think I'd pay an early second to acquire Woods if I'm a, a contender. I, I think I would, if I'm a contender, I'm holding out, right? I'm um, hoping that he he has like a big couple games, um, but it's a risk. It's a risk. But let's move on to the last couple guys here. So Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby. So Van Jefferson, I think he's got a lot of Robert Woods potential in this offense coming next year. Now with Allen Robinson coming in, I don't know if that's like a high, that's a super high likelihood, but you could probably, he could probably be a wide receiver three next year. And then Tyler Higby, I actually have him just the same place that he was this year. I think he's probably around that same tight end uh, 12 to 15 value. Yeah, I, I have Van Jefferson's, I think is a, as a potential buy low candidate. Yeah, I love Van Jefferson. Um, I've been a Van Je- all aboard the Van Jefferson train since he was at Florida. Uh, the only issue that I have with Van Jefferson, sorry, I have two. First, he's had his whole career really, really good wide receivers ahead of him on the death chart. And second, he's an old player. for. He's going into his third season, and he's about to turn 26. So he's an older player coming out. Uh, but he's a fantastic route runner. He's a good athlete he's not some amazing athlete but he's just a really good ppr wide receiver uh he was a he was wide receiver 36 this year so he he had some value for you it is sad that they continue to bring in you know all these great receivers ahead of him 
when you made the Robert Woods comp, I thought you were talking about their NFL career because I see Van Jefferson as Robert Woods, right? Robert Woods spent four years in Buffalo with basically no one knowing about them in fantasy football. And then he went to LA and instantly became Bobby trees. So I'm, that's kind of what I'm hoping for with Van Jefferson is that they let him walk uh, after 2023 and they can get a, a much better target share at their next offense. Um, but in the meantime, I think they're a really nice depth piece to have. Um, you're going to get at least wide receiver four numbers. I like Van Jefferson. Um, I didn't really mention anything about Allen Robinson. Do that. So I like Robinson. I think he's even better than Robert Woods as an actual wide receiver. He's slightly younger. He's turning 29 in August. Uh, he got a three-year deal. He was wide receiver seven and nine in 2019 and 20. 2021, I 100% Rob quit on Chicago. I think he said, I don't want to play here. And they said, too bad, we can franchise tag you. So you either sit out the season or you play with us. And he reluctantly played with them. I don't like that, right, in terms of a competitor. But the dude is extremely talented. And if he's getting even Robert Woods-like targets, he's going to be very good. He's going to be a borderline wide receiver one, I think, in 2022. Additionally, how about OBJ? I, f- I felt so bad for the guy. He f- it seemed like he finally resurrected his career. Like it was on such a downtrend ever since going to Cleveland. And then he was doing well in Los Angeles and he was murdering uh, the Bengals in the Super Bowl. And then he has a non contact Achilles t- or, uh, excuse me, ACL tear. And he's turning 30 in November. So what what is left for Odell Beckham in fantasy for you? I mean, that's, I think that's the entire thing, right? You know, uh, if he goes to New Orleans, he's still pretty high on my list. If he goes to somewhere where he's just, you know, a generic wide receiver three or they don't have like a, a decent offense, you know, let's, uh, let's put him put him lower in the tier. Like, I, I think New Orleans is a good fit just because, you know, they're, they have a really good defense. Alvin Kamara has a huge question mark on whether he's going to play next year or at least for a few years, a few games. So I think that's an interesting situation. But I mean, I think the, there's a lot of unknowns there um, currently. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. Um, so Robert Woods, when Robert Woods got traded for a six round draft pick to Tennessee, me as a Pats fan got pissed. I was like, really bill, you're not going to shell out a fifth round pick to get Robert Woods in and, and get an actual NFL wide receiver on New England's roster to help out Mac Jones. I hear us talking about Odell Beckham jr. Does that not sound like a June or July signing for relatively low money on a prove it deal? with new england for obj yeah why not right so so yeah so it's just an unknown right like if you think that obj is going to get to a situation where he is able to prove his talent still then you should buy him if you don't think that if you are concerned about that injury at all or you're concerned about where he goes it's a super risky prospect for you to get him either way but i wouldn't get him if you're concerned I think the only scenario which if you, is if you legitimately think he's going to go somewhere where he's going to be maybe the number one or number two wide receiver there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you see OBJ sign very soon. I think teams are going to want to kind of monitor his uh, his recovery a lot more, see him running, see him how he's progressing, get their medical people in and it, you know, get an idea. Hey, is this guy actually going to be able to play effectively for us this season? And if that is the case, if he's pro- uh, progressing well, I-, I think he definitely gets a contract. And likely, I think it's with a competitive team, right? He got cut 
by Cleveland. Who did he go to? He went on a super low money deal to the Rams because he wanted to go chase a ring. I think that's what Odell Beckham's about. I don't think he's going to be caring about getting big money anymore. Uh, I mean, he's made a lot of money in his career already. Yeah, let's we'll see. Um, but I think this is enough about the Rams. So, you know, we've talked about him for quite a bit. Let's move on to the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. So Kyler Murray, you know, he's quarterback 10 last year, 3,787 yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 423 yards rushing, five touchdowns rushing. My only concern with the Cardinals is every single year they've seemed like they started off really hot and then just crashed. And this year, you could maybe blame that on DeAndre Hopkins injury. I'm still concerned about it. Like I'm still concerned about the fact that this has happened not once, but twice in a row. Um, and even the rookie year, you know, they were, they didn't, they don't, they weren't great his rookie year, obviously, but they, they had a bit of a, a terrible time in the second half anyway. Um, and, th- and that's been a thing for all of Cliff Kingsbury's career. You know, if you look back at his time in, t- in Texas tech, that's the same thing. Um, and that concerns me. I don't know. What do I, what am I going to get with Kyler Murray? If Kling- Kingsbury leaves, um, you know, I don't understand why Cliff Kingsbury got a contract extension. Like, what has he done to make you say, yes, I want to guarantee more money to this head coach? He developed a quarterback, supposedly. Has he? I don't think he has, but I'm saying that's what the, I think that's what the organization thought. That's when they, when they ex- uh, extended him. I mean, if you look at the numbers, he, Kyler has gotten better. So, Kyler's completion percentage has gone from 64 to 67 to 69 percent in his three seasons. His yards per attempt has gone from 6.8, 7.1 to 7.8. So that is a really good sign. And especially as a dynasty owner, I'm happy to see that. That it's like, hey, Kyler is getting better as a passer because I'm not going to rely on Kyler to just keep putting up huge rushing numbers every year to lead me to success because that's not going to last that long he's a small dude he already seems every second half of the season to be playing at you know 60 70 percent of his health and that's affecting him um so i'm happy to see the passing efficiency get there but i don't know i don't get the clint kingsbury uh extension as it comes to murray how high are you on kyler because he's He's getting drafted QB5 right now. He's going under only Burrow, Herbert, Allen, and Mahomes. Everyone else, he's going over. I would say he's right around there. I still like Lamar Jackson. Uh, I don't know why everybody suddenly has become a, a Lamar Jackson hater. I don't understand that at all. So, I mean, yeah, I, I still want Lamar Jackson. There was a reason he was you know, an MVP two years ago. Yeah, that's where I'm just like... See, I have Burrow, uh, Lamar, and Kyler basically on the same tier. Actually, Dirt Dak in there, too. They're all on the same tier for me. Um, I prefer Lamar the most, right, if I had to press the button. Um, I, so I'm not a, I don't have a strong like opinion on it, but I, did, I thought it was a little curious that he was ahead of them. So actually, one thing I do want to mention about uh, Kyler. You've heard this... this um, notion that kyler is you know he's qb1 for the first five weeks of the season and then he's qb15 for the last five right so at least in 2021 that's not the case at all weeks one through eight he was qb6 weeks 9 10 and 11 he was injured week 12 he was on his body and then weeks 13 through 18 guess what he was qb6 so pre and post injury he produced the same relative value and in fantasy 
My real concern with Kyler is receiving weapons. You've got two very good Ertz and DeAndre Hopkins, but old receiving weapons. Like they need help there. Yeah, they haven't done anything to address that really. And and I let's see, I think they're gonna address it if we're into the draft. I think they should at least. Um well they've tried, but, right? Andy Isabella is a second rounder. Uh Christian Kirk's a second rounder. Rondell Miller's a second rounder. They have a, a invested decent draft capital. They just they haven't gotten huge production from it yet. Yeah, I mean I I think the draft picks have all been questionable, but I mean, yeah, I think the big question with Kyler is literally just the weapons, right? Because he's a young quarterback. He's going to be doing this for, you know, a, a long time, I think. Um, and, and that's my only question. What about the receiving weapons? And with Cleve Kingsbury, I don't think that there is a chance. I don't think they're going to address it soon because I think he, he wants a different type of wide receiver mm-hmm. than is actually effective in the NFL. And I think he showed that with the Rondo Moore pick because I think Rondo Moore, he's a great, a great weapon. But at the same time, like he's not a NFL weapon that you want in the second round. That was my opinion in the draft last year. I think Rondell Moore is a very good weapon in the NFL. I do not think he is a second round pick in the NFL or even a third round pick. I thought he was a day three pick for me. But let's let's move on from that. And I want to go into James Conner and Chase Edmonds. So James Conner is now the unofficial lead back in Arizona, but he had so many touchdowns last year. I don't know if he can re- replicate that. So I don't think RB five season is all is like something that you could say is is realistic. What do you think? Well, I I don't think it's unofficial. I think James Conner is the official RB one. He got a three year twenty one million dollar extension. That is really big money for a running back. I think I do think they will draft someone to try and fill the J, uh, Chase Edmonds role. But I definitely think that James Conner will be the RB1 of Arizona. Um, I definitely agree with touchdown regression. He had 18 total touchdowns. His OTD, courtesy Mike Clay, was 11.6. OTD is basically the projection. It's, it's how many touchdowns they should have scored based off of uh, all the touches that they had. So if you say, let's take that total touchdown number from 18 to well, for Connor, he goes from RB5 to RB13. Still, fantastic season. I, you know, add off to James Connor. He was left for dead in Pittsburgh, and he just got himself a big money bag because of the way he played in 2021. The thing is, for me, is that it seems like the value for James Connor is nowhere near the production we saw last year. He's going as RB36. Ryan Robinson, Tony Pollard, James Cook are all going over him in a startup right now. Like to me, that's crazy good value. Same thing, right? If I'm going to grab uh, Matthew Stafford as my QB one, and you know, I can grab James Conner as my RB three, and like you can make a really nice um, contend now team in a startup. Because I definitely think you're going to see an RB two season, and it's not crazy to think that it could be a high high RB two season from Conner 2022. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's probably a white or running back too, but I don't, I just don't see, I don't see him getting a white on running back one. And I'm curious to how many people think that that's possible. And if you can find those people and trade them to them, to those people. Yeah. I mean, so when Chase Edmonds did go down, he did all of a sudden a lot more receiving work. So it's possible. But the other thing is we're forgetting James Conner has big time injury problems. 
He, yep. he only missed two games last year, but that's the most games he's ever played in a season. He's missed games. He missed games all the time in Pittsburgh. So, like, if I'm Arizona or a James Conner fantasy owner, I don't want him to have a huge, um, huge workload because I don't think he can stand up. He'll be hurt by week six. I want them to bring in somebody that can get 120, 140 touches for the season. That way, Connor can just yeah, so be that know, high efficiency back. Yeah, you know what interests me is if they went with either the 55th pick or the 87th pick, and they went with a passing back. Who are you eyeing like there? Spiller. That'd be interesting, um, for sure. Maybe not interesting for fantasy, but I think that's the best case scenario for that team. Yeah, I, I'm limited, right? You're the huge SEC guy, so you've watched Spiller a lot. I haven't gotten into the tape dive too heavy on Spiller. I know he's a bigger guy, and he's got some nice pass-catching chops, and he can run between the t- – He's honestly, he's kind of – he's very James Conner-esque, I think, at least from my limited um, viewing of him. Um, he's a little bit quicker than, than Connor. I think I just think that they would be a good complement to each other for the offense. Um, and I, but I, and I think Brees Hall is going to be gone by that point. That's what, that's one of the, I think Brees Hall is probably the dream. Yeah. Um, I don't think that is happening for sure. But at the same time, like I also would be okay with just them going like later in the draft. Um, I would have loved to have seen Chris Evans um, on this team last yep. year. That was kind of yeah. one of my spots that I really liked, but you know, he went to Cincinnati. So well, too bad, too sad kind of thing. Right. And I don't know if there's like a really legitimately superstar like pass catcher in the running back class this year. And we'll, uh, well see. Honestly, but, I, the one I would love to see and, and is very possible now because of the combine performance is Kyron Williams. I think that Kyron Williams is getting unfairly crapped on because of his combine uh, performance. He was slow. Yes, he ran a four six five, and he only weighed 194 pounds. That's really not that bad, people. It's not. The dude plays bigger than that. Like I would love Kyron Williams to replace Chase Edmonds, and you could get him. Yeah. I bet. I bet he's a day three pick now because of that combine performance. Yeah, that combine performance was rough. Um, we'll, we'll get into the combine in a couple weeks here, but I, yeah, sorry, yeah, we'll stick with it. The is. <laughs> let's so let's let's go move on from the. Let's talk about James Edmonds, Conner, right? Chase Edmonds. Well, Edmonds. I mean, I don't want anything to do with him now. Uh, I want literally nothing to do with him. Well, yeah, there was a moment there where, you know, everyone was getting excited. He went to Miami, and a lot of people are really high on Miami as a good running back location because of McDaniel's connection to uh, Shanahan. Uh, but what did they do? Well, one, they still have Gaskin, and then they go and sign old Raheem Mostert. So it's like, what, what kind of what can I expect from Chase Edmonds in terms of a workload? I have no idea. He's, he's been effective in Arizona on limited touches. He honestly reminds me of James White a lot. You know, he never had more than rushing yards. The last two seasons, he's had 53 and 43 catches. He's a really solid, like, scat back. I just, what are we, we're talking RB3, I'm thinking. Like, He's probably going to be RB30 this season. Like He's a depth piece. He's my fourth running back, fifth running back. Okay, sure. You have so, anything more on him? Yeah, I don't have anything else about him. I, I don't I don't want him. I just don't want him. Um, I'd like to talk about DeAndre Hopkins 
and Christian Kirk. I want to start with Christian Kirk. Good on you, Edgar Agent, <laughs> for getting that kind of contract. Yeah, right. I I give it to you. Give your agent, everybody that is uh, any NFL wide receiver should be calling up your agent right now and switching yes. to that agent. The that only agent thing I will say about Christian for sure. Kirk. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I will say about Christian Kirk uh, in terms of like his fantasy value now, I think it's significantly higher than it was at any point that I ever expected it to be. And the only reason I say that is just because Jacksonville is just not good. Um, and the because they overpaid him, they're not going to get any better anytime soon at wide receiver um, unless they draft a guy, which I don't see them drafting anybody anytime soon because they have so many other holes. So I feel like he's the best option there. And, you know, maybe that's a good thing in fantasy. Um, it's not a good thing in the NFL, but it's probably a good thing in fantasy. So I would probably buy Christian Kirk, depending on how the, you know, the ADP shakes out after the signing. You know, I think it's still in flux a little bit because of um, free agency just in general. But I, I think his, I think you'll probably be able to get him a little bit higher or a little bit lower than, than I expect. And I, I think he's going to finish higher than what he's drafted at. I just don't understand how they're going to use Kristen Kirk. Like, He's I don't I don't either. I don't either. Very, I, he's similar to LaVisca Chanel in terms of play style. You have Marvin Jones and they just sent, also signed Zay Jones on a decent money deal. Like yeah. Christian Kirk play is a slot wide. receiver. What, it, what how many slot receivers do you need on a team? I don't get it. It's that, yeah. I don't get it. And then they also have ETN who's like almost another slot receiver kind of. Like I just yeah. don't understand. I, 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 I don't know what they're doing for the money, but I don't see the fit. I just like what are we gonna this get? This team's gonna fantasy? be terrible. This team's gonna be terrible. Again, again. Clown show. Total clown show. But so moving on to DeAndre Hopkins. So DeAndre Hopkins again enters as the best receiver on the team by far. Um, he was wide receiver forty five in ten games. I think he's gonna be. I think the year that he had a year ago now was a bit of a, not, not necessarily an aberration, but I think that's in the past. You know, I don't see them. I don't see him being able to do that again at this age. So I, I think it's time to start looking to sell DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. To be honest, I think it's too late to sell. Um, Cause at this time last year is when I started to want to sell just because of the age and the production, right? So wide receiver one, two, four, and four overall from uh, 2018 to 2020, or excuse me, 2017 to 2020. Um, this year, through seven weeks, um, they got injured very early in week eight. He was wide receiver 12. So that even, right, that's good, but that's a drop-off from top five wide receiver superstar. So, I mean, yeah, like how high do you really think he's going to produce this year? It's, even if he's injuries, if Injuries one is my biggest concern. When an older wide receiver starts lingering soft tissue injuries, I get very alarmed. But let's say that he's doesn't have any injuries. What do you expect him to do next year? What do I just expect Hops, Hopkins to do next year? Yeah, I mean, like if you were to put an under over <laughs> on terms of what fantasy number wide receiver he finished if he plays all seventeen games, where would you stake it? I. I I would put him pretty high just because there's no other options here. 
I think if I'd he be stays healthy for a full over under is probably about where I would see it. I would say I would say he's going to be probably about wide receiver five to ten is where I would say. Um, and the only reason I say that is because one, they don't have any other options at wide receiver. This, and so I look at that and I'm like, okay, well, I think I can get. I think this is going to probably be the one of the best years he has left in the tank. But at the same time, like if they draft a wide receiver, which they should, then maybe that bumps them down. My thought on DeAndre Hopkins is I think there's a lot. He's still extremely talented, but I do wonder how much of that is left, how much he has left after this year. Um, and and also, too, like, well, what are they doing with the weapons there two years from now, three years from now, right? Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't see the build in this team. I don't, I don't see, I don't see any situation where they're like, unless they hit it, like hit a really, really strong draft. I don't think they're going to be a great team anymore. Like I, cause I think they kind of, they kind of missed the mark. They missed the mark. They, John Ray Hopkins should have been, um, this, this, these two past, past two years with John Ray Hopkins. I think they should have been able to build the receiving core off of him, but they haven't. So, you know, I wonder, I wonder what the team looks like. And that's, that's the biggest thing I have with Hopkins. Yeah. I'm, I'm just really worried about injuries at this point. If he had him last year, why won't he have him this year? Um, I'm concerned that he's really quickly, his career is going to be over. Um, what a player, my God, he's, he's a the hall of famer for sure. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm out, which is hard to say. Cause two years ago he was, you know, he, <laughs> I was, you couldn't have bought DeAndre for me two years ago, but the, the end is coming real fast. Um, so you seem to really be down on Rondell Moore. I, I loved Rondell Moore um, in college. And then Rondell Moore weighed in and got measured at the con- – well, not the combine, the pro day. And uh, he went from being an obvious first-round pick, rookie pick for me last year to I didn't draft him anywhere because I get very scared of wide receivers under 5'9". Um, but with a college coach and a RPO – capable uh qb i definitely see a path to where more could be very useful i'm just the only situation that i think rondo Moore can be useful is if they use him as a pass catching back yeah i was while i was saying that i was envisioning a like i don't know minimized version of debo right debo is like built like a running back so he's obviously not that but if he you know percy harvin's probably a better um person but right guess what happens when you try and uh comp somebody to like a once in a decade type of player guess what it usually doesn't happen so anytime you're saying oh there'll be a percy harvin there'll be a Debo samuel you're probably wrong um so like i would i would acquire on more cheaply like maybe a late second but probably not even that because i'm not counting on it happening at all but I think there's a there's a path there is a path to fantasy viability, but it's not worth anything more than a late second for me. Yeah, you're taking you're you're hoping that he becomes some generational type of weapon, which I just don't see. I don't see any situation where it's a very rare situation. I should say yeah, it's just low level. So, um, how about but, um, so the last person here, Zach Ertz. So what do you think about Zach Ertz? So Zach Ertz might be my biggest buy on a contending team. 
I do not understand the hate for Zach Ertz. Like, why does everyone hate Zach Ertz? He he doesn't turn 32 until November. Okay, that's old, but no one's really worried about Kelsey. Uh, Like, Darren Waller's not much younger. Zach Ertz was, you know, it was Zach Ertz and Kittle for, or excuse me, and Kelsey for years. Like, they were the two superstars. Then Ertz got hurt, and then he had to play with um, Hertz the beginning of last year, and everyone just hated on him and left him for dead. Well, he finished the season last year as tight end five. He was tight end four, so actually it was probably higher. But Fantasy Pros, they don't do tight end premium as one of their settings for their smart uh, analytics. But he was tight end four from when he got traded to the end of the year. And since he's like a reception monster and not a tight end guy, he might have been higher than that. So you have an older, you know, aging, like maybe at the end, DeAndre Hopkins, and no other real weapons. And then you have Zach Ertz, who's one of the best tight ends, receiving tight ends in a long time. In a tight end premium league, I think Zach Ertz is going to be a monster. And you can get him so cheaply. He's going as tight end 19 in startups. Like Isaiah Likey, Irv Smith, and Hunter Henry are all getting drafted ahead of him. I just don't understand. Like, I I think a bad season for Zach Ertz next year is like tight end eight. And I think it's very possible that he could get in the Kittle, Andrews, Pitts, Kelsey range for finishing. Yeah, I mean, I think the longevity is the only thing that's really dropping him that high or that low. Um I'm taking him at least for as a contender. I'm taking him every time. Um, but if you have Zach Ertz, you're probably a contender already, or you, at least you probably should be. Uh, it's like like you said with, uh, I think it was Robert Woods is what he said it for. But the if you're if you're a dynasty owner and you're not a contender and you have Tyler, or Zach Ertz, you probably screwed up. You're probably not doing your doing a great job. So yeah, if you're if you need to rebuild and you have Zach Ertz, you already goofed. But yeah, like so, I just don't understand how Zach Ertz is so devalued. He just got a three-year extension. He's going to be playing there for years. He's going to be giving you tight end, like top five numbers. If I'm a contender, yes, yes, I can get him so cheaply and put all my other value and assets in the draft and and trading into the other positions. And like, yes, please give me Zach Ertz. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything else about the uh, Cardinals. Uh, you want to move on to the 49ers? Yes, let's discuss one of the young prospects at QB that you hate. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. What, what's your uh, your take first? So Trey Lance, the thing for me is just such a limited sample size, right? He played only one game in 2020. Um, he started two games last year rookie. I mean, he's a young player. He's turning 22 in May. He's a very young player. He is about as high as it come. Big arm, extremely athletic. Uh, he's, he's all upside. If you're taking Trey Lance in a startup, it's all upside. The question is, is what's the chance of it, of him hitting? I... I think he'll be a solid NFL quarterback. 
I doubt he's going to be the superstar that many people ex- are expecting. I just I look at the first, the two games that he played this year, and so one the only game that he was even decent in was against Houston, Arizona. It was not good, uh, at, like like at all. Um, so against Arizona, he was fifteen for twenty nine, one hundred ninety two yards, one interception, eighty nine rushing yards, and against Houston, who is not good. Houston is not a good team. If anybody was curious, they are not a good team. Uh, they were. He was 16 for 23, 249 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 31 rushing yards. So what what that tells me is that this could be a good fantasy asset for a few years, and then he could be out of the league if he doesn't improve drastically as a passer. That is what I gathered from from the performances he had this year. Um, so you're putting a lot on. It's the same thing that I saw with Joe. Was that you see with like people that think you're going to turn him into Josh Allen? There's a reason that Josh Allen fell in the draft, and it's because you don't generally fix those accuracy issues. And Josh Allen is one in a million. He's not. That is not a common occurrence that that happens. So unless Trey Lance suddenly becomes an accurate passer, he's probably not going to be a superstar or even a star or even a starter in the NFL. So a lot of people pre-NFL draft last year, so this time last year, were fans of Trey Lance. It wasn't until he was drafted to San Fran where everyone exploded and said he's definitely 102, if not even one above Trevor Lawrence. It was the landing spot that made everyone truly salivate. And I get that, right? If there's any team that is going to use Trey Lance to his most effective way and get the most out of him, it's probably Kyle Shanahan and and the 49ers. So, like, that's why I think think he's going to have a decent career. Like, I think he'll probably play eight, ten years. Um, I don't think he's, you know, going to be out of the, you know, I don't think he'll be like Baker where they're like, yeah, we just want you to leave, please. I just don't. I'm with. Is he you. gonna be better than big? Is he gonna be better I, than Jimmy Garoppolo? Like in 2022? Than, in 2022 as an NFL quarterback? No, I don't think so. I just don't. If I don't I see was, a situation I would where honestly you know Garoppolo and try and go for. A I would Super Bowl. keep. I just don't. Yeah, I just don't see it. unless he has improved a lot from year one to year two. I don't see any situation where he's better than Garoppolo, and. But I think the thing is, is you gave up so much for him. You have to see what you have, and you have to find out if you screwed up. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, the thing is, Lance is amongst you know a handful of QBs that come out that 100% I feel shouldn't play a snap in the NFL their first year. I think Lamar was like that. I think Willis is like that. Lance, they just aren't ready, and that's what you saw. Um, I think. Right, he came out early. He only played one season because he redshirted his freshman year in college. His huge year where he didn't throw an interception as a redshirt uh, freshman that was in 2019, and then COVID happened, and in 2020 he played a game. So he's barely played, and when he did play, it was at one double A level. And so he's very inexperienced. He's a young player. I'm not writing him off uh, just because I think. You know, he's 
hasn't had enough time to develop. I just, I'm with you. I wouldn't have traded away what it took to go and get him at 103. Um, it, it taught, it's like the ultimate home run swing. Like if he hits, you're going to have a Josh Allen like player, probably even better because he's a better athlete and he's about the size. Like he's a huge dude and he he runs better. So if he hits, yeah, I get it. But I just don't think the hit rate is going to be very high. So I'm not. That's why I have Trey Lance nowhere. All right, he's going QB eight right now in startups. He's going over Trevor Lawrence. He's going over Stafford. He's going over Jalen Hurts. Like I'll take him over Jalen Hurts, but I want T Law and I want Stafford over him for sure. Yeah. So moving on to the running backs, I don't. I don't really have anything else about. Do you want to Lance. talk about Jimmy? Where does it go? That's the question. I think that he's going to go somewhere. I don't think he stays in San Fran. I think he so has wherever. to be released to go. I think he's going to have to get released if he's going to go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, at this point, if he has, if he doesn't get traded next week, he's probably getting cut or playing with San Fran. I don't know. I it, think the only such only place that interests me for Jimmy Garoppolo is is New Orleans and Indianapolis. Those are the only two places that are remotely interesting. Yeah, I would love uh, Indy and New Orleans would be really good. Carolina would be intriguing. Um, so I I think Jimmy Garoppolo has very good dynasty value relative. He's QB 32 right now in startups. Like, you should be able to get Jimmy very cheaply, especially because he's still in San Fran. Um I would love to send out, you know, a late second round pick if I'm a contender to have to add him as my like third QB because I think I think he's going to be starting in the NFL next year. And although he's not going to be great, like he was QB 17 last year, he was QB 14 and 19 the last time he actually played because in 20 he only played six games. Um, I think you're going to get like an average QB two if you play some. Um. So I think he's a he's a value buy, but that's about it. I mean, we don't have to dwell on Jimmy too long. Yeah. So what about Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon? So I think Elijah Mitchell was probably the biggest surprise of the twenty twenty one draft, but Not Trey Sermon me. is also the biggest disappointment. Uh, well, I I wasn't. I didn't see Mitchell taking over the backfield because I thought they would have re-signed Raheem uh, Mostert, but Trey Sermon, I thought he was way too overrated going into the year. Uh, and I'm pretty sure we had that conversation going into the year too. And I was like, yeah, I don't see why people are drafting him so high. Like they're like, there was a three, four game stretch where he was really good. Sure. But it's also because Ohio state, they just produce really good running backs. All like, they, or, like they, they have people who perform well in their system. So, you know, I didn't really read into much into it, but I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, I, I thought the trace Sermon was overrated. What do you think? So, I had Elijah Mitchell as my most underrated run, running back, and I had Terry Sermon as my most overrated running back during my rookie draft last year. Trey Sermon was going in the end of the first round a lot of places, at least the beginning of the second. That's crazy to me. He had like two good games in college. He exploded on a big stage and had a good helmet attached to his head. Like he, I, yep. not a fan at all. 
Mitchell was fantastic. Go and watch the tape at Lafayette. He was amazing. I love Mitchell. Um, the issue is, is that he had, he's now exploded so much in value that he's a sell for me because he's, he's going too high now. Like I never thought that would be the case. I was all aboard the Elijah Mitchell train last year. I got him everywhere, everywhere, third, fourth, sometimes in the fifth round. And you were, I, I traded him, you know, mid season for first everywhere. Like I love those, um, those value swaps. Now, Hey, if he stays there for a year or two longer, then I sold him cheaply, but you know, I made a good profit. Um, and, I mean, but, but honestly, they they might even bring somebody in now. Like it, it's the free agency's not over. They might bring somebody else in and, and reduce that value even more. Like what if like what if they saw in like a guy like, like you know Leonard Fournette or like a um uh Sonny Michelle or something like that, right? Like they could, but I don't see it because they did re-sign Jamichael Hasty. Um, so right now they have Sermon Mitchell and Hasty. I think I think they probably. I mean maybe. I don't know. I like a Mitch Mitchell Prude. He's legit. He he's an NFL starting running back. He averaged four point six five yards a carry. He was a workhorse. The only issue was is which for Debo. some reason I think there's like um well it's not even Debo. It's health. The, there must be something in the water. Oh, yeah. San Francisco yeah. is every running back from Jared McKinnon to Raheem Moster to to Jeff Wilson to Trey Sermon to Elijah Mitchell. All of them have injury issues. He only played 11 games last year and still was RB 26 as a rookie. He, he, he had 963 yards in 11 games. That's fantastic. He, he was really, really good. My issue is draft capital. He's a six round pick. Um, after 2022, I have very little faith that he's going to be getting a high uh, percentage of the touches just because, you know, he's a six round pick. Like, they didn't invest anything into him. Now, Shannon, more than just about any coach, do I think is more likely to say, I don't care about the capital. The dude's producing. Um, so if he goes out and doesn't have any injury issues in 2022, I think he probably will keep the job going forward. But at this point, RB22 and startups, he's a sell for me. He's going over Zeke. He's going over Aaron Jones. He's going over Michael Carter. I would definitely sell him over the first two at least. If I'm a contender, yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't have much about the running backs here. I, I, I think this has always been the same running back situation that it has always been, right? Which is a committee and probably not a great fantasy backfield. Um, and I think with Debo Samuel taking a lot of touchdowns, I think that was, I, well, one, we'll get into Debo, but I, I think the, addition to Debo taking t- like touches out of the backfield is only hurts this running back room. It doesn't help them at all. So, so they, that's true. But I wonder, right? So they're not a traditional running back committee. They're like, Hey, we always have injured running backs. So let's have a stable because like Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson in the last two seasons has had seven games with more than 50% snap percentage. He's averaged 18.3 fantasy points per game in those contests. And the reason is, is because he's like the third or fourth running back on the team, but they've had all these injuries and he got pressed into, you know, a spot start here and there and got 17, 18 touches. So my strategy with San Fran, if I'm going to own any of them, I want to own all of them because 
every one of them will happen to have some value at least one week or two weeks a year. I don't have anything else about the running backs. I, I like really want to talk about the wide receivers though here. So yeah, let's talk about Debo, Debo. and Ayuk. So Debo, he was wide receiver three, 120 targets, 77 receptions, 1,405 yards, six touchdowns, 365 yards rushing, eight touchdowns rushing. I don't think that the touchdowns rushing are going to be repeatable. Um, and that's my only issue with Debo. I think the, the targets and the receptions, the yards, those are at least you know somewhat accurate going forward. Maybe not the yards, but I think the touchdowns are going to be the big thing that's going to be the the thing that brings him back down. I think he's a wide receiver two going forward. I don't think he's a wide receiver one like people ex- may, may expect. Yeah, the thing is for for me with San Fran with the pass catchers is you have three good pass catchers. You have Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. I think Ayuk's the worst, but as he showed last year when Debo was hurt and Kittle was banged up, he produced great last year. So this three talented pass catchers. My concern is who's throwing them the ball because I thought this year proved that at least Jimmy Garoppolo could not provide three pass catchers good fantasy production because Ayuk was he was the odd man out. Now, the question is, is what happens with Trey Lance? Does he improve that? Does he make it to work, make it worse, or is it about the same? So, like, huge question marks. Yours tends to say, are you thinking just regression brings Debo back to a wide receiver too, or does that have something to do with the QB as well? I think it's all the, the QB as well as the just regression to the mean. I was really I like Debo a lot coming out of college. Now I never thought he would be this kind of weapon that he is. I don't think anybody should have expected that. Uh, if you were thinking about that, like it's a one a life once in a lifetime type of player. But I mean, I don't see the targets really going up because I don't see think this is a passing offense, and I don't think the receptions will go up because of that. Um, the yards he had a lot of big cut big yards after catch games where he got a lot of yards that probably shouldn't have been there. The eight touchdowns rushing. I think that was a lot of that had to do with the injuries at running back. So I just don't see that this is continual. I don't think it's maintainable. So with Debo for me, it's all about relative value. It's what are you going to get instead of Debo? Cause I have Debo in a few leagues and you know, I, I haven't had anyone come sniffing around yet for for trade. Nothing serious, you know. I've gotten some terrible offers, but no, no one came around correct at least. Um, so, like, I mean, for me at least, there I'm holding. I, I have no problem. I think I think he'll do a little better. I, I see him as a back end wide receiver one going forward, production wise, year in year out. Um, which to me, right, that has value of you know top. It has better value than, you know, the year-in, year-out numbers. If he's wide receiver 11 next year, I'm still at, you know, he's going to be a top seven dynasty wide receiver for me just because of the age. He just turned 26 in January. Um, So he's going over A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddell, D.K. Metcalf. Do you want any of those three more straight up? Yeah, so I think the only one that I might consider – is AJ, but the other two, like, I don't really, I'm not interested in the quarterbacks. So AJ, 
Yeah, I'll probably still take Debo. I Me too. I, I thought we with saw AJ, this year. it's just a it's just the injuries with AJ. Well, it's not only that for me, it's QB play as well. Like it's not even, it's not even QB play. Like Ryan Tannehill is a very solid QB. It's their offense. They're a low passing offense and they just added a fantastic possession receiver in Robert Woods. I just don't see AJ Brown getting the use necessary to be more useful than Debo. That Debo Samuel is going to get his. Like Brandon Ayuk at times was completely, you know, vanished from the scene because they were like, nope, we're getting Debo the ball. Whether we're pitching it to him, having him run routes, or we make up, you know, some weird type of running back play for him. Now, his touchdowns are a little high. But he finishes wide receiver three this year. Like, I think he regresses a little bit, and he's wide receiver eight, wide receiver nine. Like, I still think he's going to be a freaking stud. And then there's a possibility that Trey Lance does hit big, right? If he can develop, all of a sudden, Debo is like, could he have a wide receiver one overall type season? So what about Brandon Ayuk? Do you think that he could sneak into hurt Debo's value? Because he kind of he start he got out of the doghouse a lot towards the end of the season because he was in he was in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse pretty much the the entire first half of the season. Yeah, that was so, so weird to me, right? First round pick, yeah, it was, and had a really good rookie year, and then the next thing we hear about him is that the coach like hates him and he's in the quote unquote doghouse. Like what? What? What happened? It was so weird to me. Um, yeah. I thought this year made it very clear that Debo is the Batman to Brandon Ayuk's Robin. Don't get me wrong. Robin was pretty formidable, but he wasn't crap compared to Debo or uh, Batman. So, yeah. And I, and I think the biggest issue with Ayuk is just that this isn't a passing offense by any means, and I don't think it ever will be. So you're kind of limited in the amount of targets that you can expect from him. So I think he's probably right around the same value. I don't, I don't really think there's any good value there. So for George Kittle, uh, George Kittle was tight end four, 95 targets, 71 receptions, 910 yards, six touchdowns. He missed his customary couple games a season, like he usually does. But he's still one of the top tight ends in the NFL when he's playing. And, you know, the only thing I could say with George Kittle is, you know, maybe you, maybe they should invest into a, you know, a solid, a, a better backup. But, you know, I don't have anything else really to say for the, for the 49ers. Yeah, for for uh, fantasy, it's all about injuries with Kittle. He's an absolute superstar. Like he's, I think he's the best tight end in football. Like if if you were creating your all star team, right, and you had to pick one tight end, I would pick Kittle, assuming he was healthy, right. If I could know he was going to be healthy, um, he's getting up there in age. He turns twenty nine this year in October. Um, but like that doesn't scare me off. He's still got a three, four, maybe even five year window of fantasyness. So like just saying, like compared to the young players like the Kyle Pitts of the world, you know, that's a huge age gap. With Kittle, like I don't know what what really is there to say. Like, you know what? Actually, this is what to say. Go and get Zacherts if you own Kittle. Because you can get him super cheap. And it, when Kittle misses his three or four games, you can put in a tight end one. Like that's what that's what 
is you need to have a handcuff for Kittle because he's gonna, like you said, he's gonna miss a few games. That's really all I got. Um, draft pick wise, they don't have their first. They have a comp pick for a third. Decent ca- capital. I mean, I don't know. I feel yeah, they're nothing really to write home about. They're a good team. They draft yeah. well. They'll they'll probably smartly use it for non fantasy positions because you know they're pretty set at their fantasy positions. So let's talk about the Seahawks now that. So Russell Wilson left. He got traded, which that was an that's an entirely like that's an odd situation there for me. Um, who's the new quarterback? And do they roll with Geno? Um, no, no. I think I think it would be Drew Locke out of the two of those. But I, I'm not convinced I mean, it, it's Drew Locke even. I I think there's definitely a chance that they draft a a rookie that plays, or that they take a shot at a Mariota, a maybe a Winston, um, I, I maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, although that would only happen yeah. if Jimmy was cut. They're not going to trade within their own division. Um, so for me, like I would I actually, know. if, if I'm the Seahawks, I just like, why not just blow it up? You already traded your star quarterback. You trade, you got rid of your best linebacker and your veteran leader on defense. Just blow it up. Yeah. Just I would do blow it up. I would honestly it's, trade DK and trade them and all. Lockett. Trade. I would trade Lockett. I trade Metcalf. I trade Carson. I would trade, um, Drew Locke again, because you know he's. Yeah, you might get literally anything I can. Yeah, and it would be not so, much. You would get nothing for Carson, right? Think about like the prices we're seeing for these wide receivers and running backs get traded for Carson. If I can get a seventh round pick for a running back, that's fine. Well, the thing is with him is his career is probably over. He has a serious neck injury that ended his season. Like he. His neck isn't getting better. He has this chronic neck injury that it, like, I think his career is over. That being said, all right, so let's talk about Wilson, right? He's obviously not a CLC Hawk, but we haven't got a chance to discuss him. Let's talk about Wilson because he's, I think he's the most valuable asset out of these players we're going to discuss for Superflex League. So Wilson is. Wilson's been like the epitome of consistent. This was like the first year where he quote unquote had a down year. Right. So from 17 to 2020, he was QB one, nine, three, and six. He was six this 16 this year, but he missed three games. And the whole second half of the year, he was playing with a, with the, the index finger. He broke his index finger on his throwing hand and had hardware installed. So obviously he's not going to be able to throw the ball the same way I, yeah i think russell wilson is an ex- extremely extremely intriguing option um i would target him as many drafts as i possibly can because i think that i can get russell wilson and i think he could be a very good fantasy asset on a star studded team star studded yeah we're talking I about mean- <laughs> four legitimate very good options a wide receiver we're talking about a superstar potentially at running back in Javante Williams. We're talking about a decent to good offensive line. And Russell Wilson is one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. Point blank. Like he has his entire career, he has been elite 
with yeah. the placement as a as a deep ball. He's I don't lethal. know if you saw the sports science as episode on like on what he does differently than everybody else, but he basically is literally dropping it into the bucket, which with ball physics, like the way like that's supposed to work, like it's not supposed to be a thing. Like it, he's not supposed to be able to do that with the ball, but he's able to do it. And and I think this is a perfect team for him and a perfect fit. So I'm buying Russell Wilson anywhere that I can. And for the Seahawks, though, I don't want any of the running backs because Rashad Penny's a free agent. Chris Carson, like you said, he might not be back ever. I I don't see what they're going to do in Seattle next year. And I live in Seattle, by the way. I live like right outside of Seattle, and they are they have no reason to expect get being good. Like if you are a Seattle Seahawks fan, I am you should just go ahead and protest as much as you can to to just mail it in. Well, we're going to see just how many Seattle Seahawks fans there are because right when Russ came and they had the Legion of Boom, all of a sudden Seattle was the new hot team to be a fan of everywhere. I think we're going to see a lot of people uh retire permanently their Seattle Seahawks jerseys. Russell Wilson. So I didn't mean this to be a, hey, how you should do a startup to go win a title right away, but right. Stafford's QB 11, Russell Wilson's QB 13. You could just drill running backs and receivers for your first few rounds and snag Stafford and Russell back to back and have two top five, probably QBs, you know, for the next two or three years. Like Russell is such a good value for a contender. Like you said, um, all right, that, that's my little piece on Russell. <laughs> Go back to actual Seahawks now. I don't so, have anybody in this team that I'm interested in. Really? I'm still s- totally all in on DK. I, I still have him as But why? A, but why? Like, who's he throw, who's throwing on the ball? Do you remember what Allen Robertson did with Mitchell Trubisky? That is why. It doesn't matter. Drew Locke matter. is not Mitchell Trubisky. Target, Smith targets, is not, targets. Yeah, but Tyler Locke is still there. I'm not worried about Tyler Lockett. See, really I think you're, I think you're, I see the thing is, is um, I think you're looking at this team differently than you probably should expect. The One of the reasons that, that DK is as good as he is with like, as a like weapon is Russell Wilson is an elite deep ball thrower. So DK Metcalf is able to turn in those a lot of these these targets, these deep throws, a little bit better than you should expect from other similar quarterbacks. I just don't. Oh, I, I, I would. I just don't think it's. I don't think it's it's realistic. I, I just don't think it's realistic. And maybe maybe it'll be maybe he'll get a like wide receiver three season, but that doesn't interest me for the value that I would have to get to get me DK Metcalf. See, I mean, if he has a wide receiver three season, I'm myself silly. Because, one, that would be far better than he's done yet, right? So second year, or first year, wide receiver 34. Great start to his career, 100 targets. Second year, seven, wide receiver seven, he bumped it up to 129 targets. This past year, wide receiver 14, again, 129 targets. So to me, that difference between wide receiver seven to 14 that's the difference of Russell Wilson having nine fingers with arguably the most important one hurt almost the entire year. Right. And Gino played a few games. So I, I don't 
really don't think what we saw from decaf in terms of quarterback play will be that big of a drop off or we'll have a, that much of a drop off from that to whoever their solution is going for. Obviously Russell Wilson hit 12 touchdowns. He had 12 he touchdowns. Did. Sure. That's all he's he I, I, I just don't have the year before. Like that's his thing though. Like, I, I don't I just don't see without Russell Wilson. I don't think that, well one, I don't think this offense is gonna be able to score that many points, period. Um I think Russell Wilson made them look better than the average that they like they are significantly below average. And I think Russell Wilson made them what average? So maybe slightly below average, but they shouldn't even be anywhere close to that. Yeah, they're a bad team. So, I, I totally agree. Um, but guess what? If they are horrible in 2022, they could have a very nice look at one of those nice 2023 QBs. It's the thing why I like about DK is he's I, I think you can get. I think he's you can 24. get DK Metcalf. I think you should buy him next year, like in the like right before the off season. I mean, sure. Like, let's say what I'm saying is that I think the value right now is higher than what you should be getting a year from now. Because let's say, let's say they're just terrible. Let's say they're terrible. I think you could, you're going to have to sell. I would, I think you would be able to buy him for cheaper after a terrible season next year than if you were to buy him right now. So, but when are you going to buy him? You're going to buy him this time next year. I would buy him mid season next year or this coming season. But if you think he's going to be bad, I guess you would do that if you were a non contender. Because if yes. you don't think he's yes. producing, if you don't want it, yeah, if you're a contender, you just don't want him. You don't buy him mid season before it's, you know, before you know that Seattle's going to have the pick needed to get a really good young QB. So he wouldn't be helping him go to title. So you'd have to be rebuilding. Well, so if you have to realize situation, too, Seattle doesn't like, have Seattle, like if they, yeah, if they pick they pick in the top five, then you know, great. But I, I think that they're they have the the draft capital either way to make a trade into the first two picks anyway. So I think even if even if they don't even if they do finish in like the top ten, for example, I think they have the draft capital. They're just going to go trade for the pick anyway. You know what I mean? So I don't have any worry about them replacing the quarterback next year. All the more reason to hold DK, in my opinion. I, I think you're. I think our big disagreement here isn't that that DK Metcalf could be a long term option. I think it's when is the value the lowest. I think your impression is that the value is going to be the lowest right now. And mine is that it's going to be the lowest, probably mid-season. Yeah, it just depends. Like I, I think that another high-end QB two season next year is what we're going to see. So if if that's what happens, then yeah, I think right now is probably the lowest value because there's enough people out there thinking what you're thinking that hey, he's going to be, you know, a bad wide receiver two, or he's going to be a wide receiver three or worse. And if that's the case. You know, I guess really that's what it is. His what do you think he does in 2022? If you think he's going to be even a solid, you know, top 20 wide receiver, I think right now is the time to buy. If you think he's going to be closer to wide receiver 30 or worse, I totally agree. Wait, like you're saying, and buy midseason in a rebuilding team. All right. So enough about DK. What about Tyler Lockett? So he was wide receiver 15 this year. It sounds like you're 
on the same train that I am and that D- Tyler Lockett was a product of Russell Wilson. I agree. And that you should sell him now. Yeah, I thought that you're totally right that I think Russ is the best deep ball wide or QB in the league. I thought that Lockett was the person that really benefited from that, not really DK. Yeah, because um, you had to you had to put two safeties above every single time. Yeah. Uh, you had to really focus the deep ball to prevent that from happening, right? So I think Lockett definitely benefited that just because he got a lot of soft coverage. Yeah, which also means I think that Lockett is hurt by the loss of Russell a lot more than DK. Um, part of the reason I'm so high still on DK. So one thing is Lockett has one of the worst contracts, in my opinion, in the league. He's not a free agent until the 2026 year. So in four years, um, his dead cap next next year is, I didn't even write it down because it's so high. I didn't even bother. But in 23, it's 21 million. And then 24, it's 14 million. It's not really until 25 where it's really reasonable for them to walk away from that deal. And it's still $7 million in dead cap. So he's good to be here i think for the long term which doesn't like i don't like my my hope is for lockett if i was a locket owner it's that he gets traded like go to new england go to new orleans go somewhere that needs a wide receiver because he's still a good nfl wide receiver issue is he turns 30 in september so yeah i just don't i don't understand why they keep they're keeping him um it's money in the contract get out of that contract, contract. yeah and it's it's a failure on the team, right? Like, we're, yeah, I I don't I don't a like terrible this team. contract. So I don't have anything else. So Gerald uh, Everett's a free agent. Uh, D. Eskridge is barely worth mention after a terrible rookie year. I thought he was overdrafted to begin with, um, and I think he's overrated. Um, I think he showed that as a rookie. And Will Disley is barely worth anything. So the only person to talk about, I guess, is Noah Fant. Noah Fant enters a situation where he doesn't have a quarterback still. He is probably actually, honestly, he probably, he's probably better off now that he doesn't on this team just because he doesn't have as many weapons to p- compete with. So he's probably a better option in fantasy. But I, again, this, this team's not very good. So they did benefit, yeah. though, from having the from the trade. They do have a pick in the top 10 now after uh, originally trading away tons of picks for Jamal Adams. Yeah, Fant is the last one of note to talk about. Um, I actually think, like you, that his fantasy situation improved. There's less weapons, and the QB play is pretty equivalent to what he's had. Guess what? He played with Drew Locke, and then last year he had Teddy Bridgewater. So the QB play is about equivalent, in my opinion. There's less weapons around. So I think it's a slight bump. I think Fant is an extremely talented young player. That if they get a good QB in you know 2023 draft, then all of a sudden he could really ascend. Um, it's just right now in 2022 his, his value is going to be capped. Honestly, I would like Fant to be like same thing. If Kittle was my t- tight end, I'd like to go trade for Fant because I think he'd be a really good spot start for you know the two three games Kittle would be out. I do want to mention a couple other of the. Uh, much deeper dive dynasty assets. Do you, do you have any anything else you want to co- mention for these like actual real assets before I do that? No, I I don't even have any deep dive assets here. I I don't even 
So Let's Freddie see, Swain, I want to see right? who you got. You mentioned Dwayne Eskridge. He was Western Michigan, right? I can't remember. He was a small school. He was yeah. drafted in the second yeah. round last year. Um, he played 10 games, got 20 targets. Terrible rookie year. He got outplayed by the sixth-round pick from 2020, who in his second year, Freddie Swain, he did, wasn't great, but he actually had basically the same rookie year that Eskridge had. He had 21 targets, and he had 13 catches as a rookie. This year, he had 40 targets and 25 catches. Now, remember, Russell Wilson was injured and then pl- uh, you know was out with injury and then played with a screwed-up index finger. Right, this isn't Russell Wilson we're talking about. Like, don't look at these numbers as yeah, but they had Russell Wilson. This was the worst Russell Wilson's probably played since he was like a junior in high school. Well, that's probably a little ridiculous, but you get my drift. So I think Esker or uh, Freddie Swain. The only issue is this is going to be his third year, so most most leagues you're going to have to elevate him to the ta- from the taxi squad. But super interesting player um, to me, DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas uh, was a bit of a truther. Their fourth round pick in 2020, um, they basically didn't do anything. Um, their first year, they showed a little bit of pass catching chops this season. So they're in the same boat though as Freddie Swain, where they're going into the third year, and you got to worry about that tax squad elevation. Now, I don't remember you talking about Rashard Penny. I think you tried to, you know, completely glaze over the most dominant running back in the NFL at the end of the season last year. That week was 14 to 18. Those RB1. RB1. Screamed aberration. Screamed <laughs> aberration. Screamed so it. I, I agree because of this. It almost had no passing game usage. He It was all on high volume rushes and touchdowns. Now, and he's not even signed. He's not even signed. The, so like you don't even thing. know. He's a free agent. You don't even know who they're going to sign or who they're going to have. Like, yep, they decline. I don't want anybody in this uh, backfield because I would one. I don't know if they're going to get anyone, and two, they should draft someone even if they do. They should. They should draft somebody at forty or forty-one. I like Penny. He was a San Diego State product and got overdrafted in the NFL. He was a first-round pick, and everyone was like, "Whoa! Like, what is this?" Um, And then he got, you know. Uh, Chris Carson, a seventh-round draft pick, outplayed him and got a nice extension out of it. Um, they didn't. They declined his fifth-year option with Penny, so he he should be well, not should be, but he could be playing on a fifth-year option had they picked it up. Um, but he's a free agent, and where he goes, I don't know. Honestly, if I have Penny in a few leagues, I'm hoping he goes to like Tampa Bay to, to replace uh, Fournette, like. Now, if he stays and they don't bring anyone else in, I think Penny has real value. It's just his value is so off the board. He could be a top 15 running back. I definitely see it. But he could also be he could know, either RB be, 40. He could be absolutely worthless or he could be something. Sure. Yeah. He, he He's such – so for me, I don't know. It's It's hard. I would love to just yeah, like grab an early second round pick for him and just be done and not have to worry about him being useless. You I know, can't let the predict other anything that happens with this backfield. Like you can't predict anything with this backfield just because you don't know. Well, one, there's nobody signed except for DJ Dallas, and like so, why and Chris Carson? But 
like what if they just draft somebody then it makes all these guys useless so like and and why would you not draft somebody if you're a team like seattle why would you not just draft a running back at this point like you you have so many like well one you do have a lot of holes but at the same time like you're gonna have a young quarterback so just draft a running back and give it to give it to the young running back yeah if i was them i'd be seriously considering um using using their third round pick for a running back I think the two seconds they have are early or too early to pick anyone not named Brees Hall, in my opinion. So if they go there, sure. But I'm not taking Walker. I'm not taking Spiller uh, with an early second. But yeah. I love Walker. I, don't have anything I, else, I would love him at that third round, that third round pick. Um, I don't think he's going to be there at third, third round. I agree. I think he's probably going to be a mid to late second round pick. But um, we will see. I'm really curious to see what they do at quarterback and running back. Yeah, there's the NFC West. So you got your returning Super Bowl champs. Um, you've got, you know, Seattle, who was this mainstay in the playoffs, who seemed to have finally cashed it in. They finally got rid of Wilson. But, right, they still have Lockett. They still have Metcalf. Like, are they going to break it down even further? I would. You would. I don't think they do, though. Yeah, I don't think so either. So, I would like to say, though, to, uh, just thank you for everybody for listening today. Um, it's been great getting back into it, and uh, thank everybody for listening. Um, so you can follow us on Twitter uh, at BubbleheadFFB, and we'd be more than happy to talk to you guys there. Uh, we'd love to get some questions from you, and I hope to see you on uh, Twitter. Eric, thank you for doing this with me, and uh, we hope to see you guys next week. All right. Yeah, we're doing the um, – yeah, we're doing the NFL free agency uh, discussion next week, so we really look forward to talking to you guys about that. So thank you for listening. Thank you.